All right, welcome to Sunday's show. Uh, it's July 10th, if you're listening. Uh, we're going to talk about what is a conservative. What is the definition of a conservative? Uh, a lot of people on Facebook style themselves as conservatives. And, and many of you will say, oh, yeah, I know, Carl, I am a true conservative because I like Donald Trump. I vote Republican. Um, I voted for Ronald Reagan. I loved Ronald Reagan. Uh, I was a Bushy. Uh, in fact, and one of the things I wanted to start with was what, what do people who say they're conservative say? So this is taken from uh, an Atlantic magazine article in 2012. So it's a little dated, but what they did um, Josh, hold on. Call me back here in just a minute, buddy. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take call in a minute. I just want to get this uh, party started here first. So I'm going to have you call me again in a minute, Josh. Um, it's good to see callers right off the get, right? 717-906-5319. If you're listening to this after the show's over, you can always leave a message. Um, they, they ask conservatives like to define things that make them believe or think that they are conservative um, and, and encapsulate. So some people said they had an aversion to rapid change, a belief that tradition and prevailing mistrust of attempts to remake society so that it conforms to an abstract account of what should be just or efficient. Uh, desire to preserve political philosophy and rules of government articulated declaration of independence in the Constitution. A belief that it is imperative to preserve traditional morality as it articulated in the Bible through cultural norms. A belief that it is imperative to preserve traditional morality. Um, as is articulable using cultural norms and power of the state. Uh, so there, there they said cultural norms and power of the state. Uh, embrace a free market capitalism, belief of the legitimacy of market outcomes. A belief that America is an exceptional nation, a shining city and rightful leader of the world. A belief that America should export its democracy through force of arms. Conviction that government should undertake on behalf of American polity grand projects that advance us, embrace localism, a belief that Americans shouldn't intervene in the affairs of others or other nations except to defend themselves for aggression. And I could go on with these points, but there's an example right there. Uh, when they asked people and they started defining themselves as conservative, some of them said, well, it's our job to export democracy and to be a leader in the world and even use force of arms to help people out uh, and bring them to a better way of being. And other people said, oh, no, no, no. No, um, that is not uh, uh, what America should be doing. We should be isolationists. And, and basically what you find out is that many people, when they're asked what makes them a conservative, give varying answers. Um, so why am I talking about this tonight? I'm talking about this tonight because this topic keeps coming up again and again. People will be on Facebook saying that such and such is not a true conservative. So and so is a liberal. Uh, certain policies, you're not a good conservative if you don't support certain policies. Uh, one of the, uh, this is taken from U.S. Congressman Mike Johnson, who has a website. He calls it the seven core principles of conservatism. Here's what he says. Now, you can look Mike, Congressman Mike Johnson up and tell me if he's a radical liberal or not. Um, or whether he's a conservative in, in your stripe, or you think he might be. 
But he says these are the seven core principles. I'm not going to read all the detail he has, but just tell you what he says the seven core principles are. Individual freedom. The conservatives believe in the freedom of the individual in limited government. And we can see how these relate to each other already, right? Individual freedom, limited government. Uh, rule of law, that the laws and the rules apply. Peace through strength. Fiscal responsibility. Free markets. And finally, human dignity. Um, I don't see anywhere in there about belief in the Bible or God or anything like that. Other people who list conservatism will say belief in, in a uh, biblical spiritual uh, is important. I'm going to posit to you that in order to be a conservative, you don't have to be particularly religious or religious at all. And then, in fact, uh, and Avery, maybe you'll appreciate this. Uh, even an atheist can be a conservative if they choose to be because they are not fundamentally uh, uh, different. Sandra, uh, who's not on here yet, at least commenting, said on Facebook just a little bit ago that she gets sick and tired of people um, with coming up with a list of things for conservatives when, in fact, there isn't. So one of the, and I'm going to pull up this little website here. I just want to, there's this guy, Russell Kirk. Okay. And I posted that on my page. I'll add it to the links in here as well. Russell Kirk has been a, a, a seminal writer on conservatism and he has a website and I posted the link to his 10 conservative principles. What I want to read you from him is, and he says, um, it would be well most of the time to use the word conservative as an adjective chiefly for there exists no model conservative and conservatism is the negation, 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 negation of ideology. It is a state of mind, a type of character, a way of looking at the civil social order. The attitude we call conservative is sustained by a body of sentiments rather than by a system of ideological dogmata. It is almost true that a conservative may define as a person who thinks himself such. The conservative movement or body of opinion can accommodate a considerable diversity of views on a good many subjects. And there being no test act or 39 articles of conservative creed. In essence, the conservative person is simply one who finds the permanent things more pleasing than chaos and old night. Yet, conservatives know with Burke that healthy change is the means of our preservation. Okay? So a conservative would say, we should keep things the way they are unless change will benefit us. Generally, conservatives are going to want slow change. So let me bring this back to a topic that's hot right now, which is abortion. Could a conservative, could someone as a conservative believe that abortion should be legal? That's a pretty simple answer. The answer is yes. Very easily, a conservative could believe that abortion should be legal. The problem is, and the reason why some people will get mad at me for saying that is, they don't understand that conservatism is a set of principles or beliefs that we then apply uh, to the facts as we find them in front of us and then reach conclusions. So let me give you a very simple example. If I'm a conservative and I believe that life begins at conception and I believe that a high ideal of government is the preservation of life and liberty, right? And life begins at conception, then I have to put a high value on that life because it is a life in being. And therefore, 
aside from balancing with the mother's life, I would always probably then have to default to be intellectually consistent to the ideal. Um, I would have to intellectually default to the ideal uh, that abortion should generally not be legal except in special circumstances or maybe for religious reasons, no circumstance at all. Um, and I can legitimately reach that view with a conservative mindset. I could also, with a conservative mindset, believe that life does not begin. If I make the very simple choice that life does not begin at conception, let's say I believe that life begins at viability, and that's what I've picked as my belief structure. As a conservative, then, I could say I don't care about abortion because I'm in favor of individual liberty. And since there is no second life in question when a woman chooses an abortion because she's chosen it at a time that there is not yet a life in being, then a conservative who would then err towards personal liberty would reach the conclusion that abortion is within the liberty interest and the minimal government intrusion necessary that a conservative generally believes in. So some of you I know are going to be pulling your hair out saying, but Carl, a conservative would never take a life. I didn't say a conservative would take a life, right? I said a conservative would choose liberty and small government in an arena where they don't believe there is a life. Like-minded conservatives could reach a different conclusion about where life begins. So one person could say, is my strong religious belief from the Bible that this is when life begins. Another conservative could say, no, I've read the Bible and I don't believe that um, the Bible says, I think the Bible says it's at the quickening or when the a certain stage of the pregnancy. And therefore, would their own legitimate held religious beliefs reach a different conclusion about abortion? So to say that being pro-abortion or anti-abortion is a conservative value one way or the other is to misunderstand conservatism. Just as to say that being pro-abortion or anti-abortion uh, affects whether you're a liberal or not. Now, do many conservatives uh, oppose abortion? Sure. But a conservative could truly not oppose it. Let me give you another example. Um, we're talking about conservatives are generally supposed to believe in free markets, right? So if you consider yourself a conservative, you should have been horrified when Donald Trump started to put in place tariffs on China. As a general rule, it should have troubled you that it's a government intrusion into an economic affair and it's market manipulation by the government uh, in a form of protectionism, which ultimately hurts right now. Basically, Republicans were conservative on that value in the Reagan and Bush eras and claimed to be conservative on that era in the Obama era. But we've seen a shift to a more populist um, pro-protectionism bent in the Republican Party. So ask yourself this question. If free markets are something that a conservative should cherish, because that's one of the central tenets of conservatism, one, because free markets themselves are important to conservatives, but also because it involves limiting government, a conservative could still reach the belief that some tariff or foreign uh, ban on trade was necessary for the national defense. Um, so there are reasons why conservatives could reach an argument or a belief that a tariff is okay. But generally speaking, 
a conservative should not be in favor of trade restrictions. They should be for opening up trade to follow a true conservative value, right? So what happened when Hillary Clinton was running and Donald Trump were running? I think they both were saying they were against the Trans-Pacific Partnership, TPP. Um, why? Why? How could you support that if you were a conservative? Um, if one of you guys does want to call on that, I'd be I'd be happy to take a call. Um, you know, I noticed everybody has Facebook muscles. They like to post all kinds of crazy crap on Facebook and uh, beat each other up and make a thread 101 comments long. Uh, challenge me on things, challenge each other on things. Uh, but when it comes time to call, it seems like Josh is the only one who's going to put his uh, money where or his mouth where his money is, so to speak. So uh, 717-906-5319, if you want to jump on now, I will take calls now. But what am I, what am I getting at with all this? Um, I'm getting at conservatism is not a religious belief. It does not require a particular set of moral structures that I believe your Baptist religion, your Catholic religion, or your atheism. It doesn't require that. It basically requires that I, I err on the side of... Uh, conservatism and, and keeping things the same, but staying open to change. Hey, Josh, you're on the air. Good, man. How are you? It is. Let me get this thing going. Okay, I got you. You're on speaker now. All right. So, so Josh, do you, you see where I'm going with this? That conservatism isn't a little narrow box and Sandra had something right. There's no magic list of what makes a conservative. Uh, generally a conservative should be small government. Generally a conservative should be maximum personal liberty, right? And he should be free market. I, I mean, I, am I missing anything there? I mean, uh, I always heard the expression that, you know, I'm like conservative. You ask the guy, he says, well, you know, do I turn off the water when I'm done brushing my teeth? So, right. Well, from that point, yes. So, 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 right. Conserve. So, the original meaning. By the way, the other day, one of Biden's people said, "You know, you're going to have to endure high gas prices in order to uh, uh, endure the, you know, to protect the liberal world order." And he was using "liberal" in the classic sense of "we are a liberal democracy." By the way, uh, George Will will tell you that one of the important things that Madison taught, and I know. You know, we got one guy on my Facebook who has a picture of Madison as his picture. And I feel like sometimes he hasn't read, read a lot of Madison. Sometimes I feel like he has, but sometimes I feel like he hasn't read a lot of Madison. Um, Madison didn't believe in populism. In fact, the founders were very afraid that populism uh, would lead to, to bad results, which is why they chose a representative democracy. They chose to make it so that the Senate lasted for six years so that there would be time, you know, you wouldn't have to get pulled along with a populist movement as a senator. Uh, so there, there's a lot of moving parts there, but I, but I do, I do think, um, you know, Madison had it right. Populism is why we created a representative democracy to cool it off. Um, thoughts? Well, I'll say that George Washington, he had the idea of bringing the terror up in. I mean when we first got started because it served a purpose, a legitimate purpose, was like you mentioned earlier, to provide for common defense. Right. That creates, that creates a lot of allies. You know, if you have those tariffs coming in there, and it also creates a, uh, without those tariffs, you have this 
accountability where, you know, you can outsource all your jobs to another country and then. So, so, so let me add, yeah. So, so let me ask you a question about that. Um, you know, people will say it's about outsourcing the jobs, right? We need to protect our jobs. We need to protect this, protect that. Uh, but isn't it my right as a consumer to buy my product at the cheapest price? And isn't it my right as a business guy to source my product from wherever I want? And, and, and shouldn't labor just be at the mercy of capitalism? I mean, I mean, I think it's ultimately it's a good idea to be able to, you know, source different products from different places in the world, especially when you're talking about resources, because there's uh, natural resources, uh, different types of resources all over different places, you know, places that are more easily accessible in different areas of the world than here. Well, one of the or, one of the arguments, um, you know, I heard people saying, well, we should be making all our own baby formula. You know, we should be completely independent. And we kind of are. We make most of our baby formula domestically. The Wall Street Journal has argued, and I agree with them, that we should have been importing baby formula from other countries for years, not not to replace the domestic industry, but to diversify it so that when things went hinky, the guys in Germany and Japan or Romania or whoever was making extra baby formula could crank up their plant capacity and start shipping it into the United States. Or we are always already had a footprint here. Um, you know, well, I mean, most of the most of those products are usually plant-based um, formulas, and we, you know, maybe the regulations are easier on the horticulture over there than they are here. There could be a bunch of different reasons. Well, right. I mean, and you can have you can have you can have your regulations on that. I'm just saying that that people sometimes have these theories that maybe we should be keeping things domestic, and actually bringing an industry completely internal. Go ahead. Or how about this so one? That's we'll, been a common practice in, in our legal system, our legislative system, in over the last two, three decades. Yeah, and well, Josh, reason why we have to outsource. Josh, look, look at the. Well, listen, I, I think, you know, I'll give you an example. Uh, ethanol industry, right? We tell we tell the corn farmers, you need to grow corn, and we'll buy it for ethanol because we're going to mandate we we mandate the use of ethanol in fuel, right? But the problem with that is corn farmers love it because it's another consumer for corn. But that means that now our automobiles compete directly with us for the calories from the corn, right? Uh, and, and if you had all that corn crop pushed back into the food supply as opposed to being used to fuel automobiles, sure, we might have to drill a little more fuel um, or import more fuel but we would have more food left for the food markets. Uh, and that's completely distorted prices over the years in the corn market now is the ethanol thing. And then, of course, the drillers, they hate that ethanol. Or I should say the refiners hate that ethanol mandate because it's very expensive for them to buy the ethanol to mix it in. It would be easier and cheaper for them to, to create it from oil. And, and this is just an example of all the complex overrides. But, but to take this back to conservative versus uh, uh, what is a conservative, my, my thought is a lot of times people will say they are conservative, but they're okay with protectionism in something that they feel affects them 
or they think is necessary to protect an industry that they're in or to preserve their own job. Um, so does a conservative believe it's okay? Does a conservative believe it's okay to regulate an industry? Well, he should or she should say the minimum amount of regulation that's necessary, right? The minimum amount of regulation. Um, and should rather try it without a lot of regulation than with a lot of regulation that are just written up because, you know, we don't want to try anything new. So, so let me bring this back to abortion for a second. A conservative back on, on the abortion topic could say, I don't really like abortion. I'm actually morally opposed to abortion, but we've been doing them for 50 years. And so a rapid change in how we access abortion care doesn't make sense to me. So a true conservative might find the court swing problematic, not because he's in favor of abortion or she's in favor of abortion, but simply because he or she doesn't like rapid changes in governance and would say, I was unhappy when they switched it in 1973, but because it's been switched for so long, um, we should have a reticence to change again. Uh, and that's, that is actually a conservative principle that sometimes the government goes somewhere that you don't want it to go, but you don't just remove it from that arena because that is too rapid a change and rapid change in governance is an anti-conservative value. If I'm making sense. Sure. So Josh, I, I'm not, I'm not going to make this a lengthy show tonight. Um, uh, I just wanted to pop on here. I want to talk about conservative. I I want people well, to I read. Go, go ahead. The news-based stuff. I mean, I heard that the Vatican's on fire. That'll have to check out. Still on fire. Based on the, I heard. Based on the pictures, it's probably still on fire. So it doesn't look like they're going to be able to put that out anytime soon. I'll have to check that out. I just saw Steve Bannon. Uh, Trump has instructed Steve Bannon that he's okay with waiving the privilege now. Uh, and that Bannon's going to go talk to the the committee, uh, the January 6th committee, um, and, and give up the documents and things. He has a criminal trial coming up in about eight days. And there's a lot of speculation that, that he may have engineered this with Trump to try and take some of the wind out of the criminal contempt charges. Uh, it's a little late. That boat's already sailed, but it'll make it harder to, it'll make, it'll make it potentially harder to prosecute. Um, on the other hand, if Bannon has to go under oath and testify, he's either going to have to take the fifth a lot um, or, or he's going to have to tell the truth. And so he's going to have to be careful that he doesn't contradict things that they may have other evidence of. And I'm not saying that that's going to happen to him, but Bannon's, Bannon is putting himself in an interesting position. And I, I, I do think it's interesting that in the history of Steve Bannon and Donald Trump, they are not always in love with one another. And I'm not always convinced that Steve Bannon wouldn't have convinced Trump to give him that waiver and then go in there and throw him under the bus anyhow, just to save his own marbles, you know? Uh, uh, yeah. yeah, Bannon's a complicated, Bannon's a complicated individual. One, and one thing I know that Steve Bannon worries about is Steve Bannon, which is okay. We should all worry about ourselves. Uh, that doesn't make him a bad guy or an evil guy. But if I were Trump, I'd be a little nervous that when he gets in there and they start showing him some things, because that's often how it works, by the way. Um, as you know, I was involved with the law for many years. And 
I have many clients who did never intended to talk about certain things, were pretty sure they could avoid a subject or even planning to lie. And about half an hour into the grand jury presentation or the deposition or, or 10 minutes on the witness stand, and they were getting a very clear picture that they were in a pickle if they went the direction they thought they were going to go before they got there, because there is a photograph of them at the bank that day, or there is someone that they swore up and down would never rat them out, who've ratted them out, or there's detailed information available that they never knew the other side would have or the government would have. And, and so it's always dicey when someone agrees to go testify because you never know what the other side already knows. They may have the other side of some of Bannon's communications and just want to ask him about him. And, and he may become convinced with his lawyers, you know, I take that little break, you go to the room and you say, hey, dude, you, you better just spill the, the, the beans with these guys. Oh, yeah, by the way, the federal prosecutor just called me and said he'll drop your whole trial if you spill the beans, too. So you, you can get out of get out of jail free card here. Uh, so I'm really anxious because I've been following these hearings and I think everybody should be uh, to see what they drop this Tuesday afternoon and this Thursday evening, what Pat Cipollone had to say to the committee. Um, but, you know, the committee is important. I think the information coming out is important. I also think, by the way, talking about the news, will Trump announce soon to try to keep DeSantis from running? Um, DeSantis is probably going to run. And if Trump takes too long, DeSantis is definitely going to jump in, right? Well, I've been seeing some uh, lot of reports from abroad at the at Deutschland or whatever, Dutch. Um, they're, you know, hunting their politicians, so to say. And then yesterday, they were dumping dump truck loads of debris and stuff in the roadways in the city so people can't travel. And it's like, uh, you know, you know, 100,000, uh, two, 300,000 people in the streets. So the You're talking about the, the fuel, the, the, the diesel fuel riots over there. Yeah, so there's just, you know, not, it's not, I mean, here, we don't see anything quite like that. You know, well, abroad, uh, different places, uh, it's affecting people in different ways. And riots or protests or whatever, they've been going on for, you know, to this scale. I mean, right. Every city in France, I mean, for the last two years. I mean, right. Since the COVID thing happened, these people have continued to have uh, demonstrations all over the, the world. Yeah, they were the yellow shirts or yellow jackets or whatever. They yellow vests. That's what it was. Yellow vests in France. You know, listen. This this goes to my this goes to the heart of of uh, what I what I've been saying for a while now. Inflation in the United States is not a Joe Biden or Donald Trump problem. Which, by the way, oh, just, just one more conservative point here. I hear a lot of people saying that Biden, you know, spent all this money and created all this inflation and it's his fault. Trump released more money in the COVID era in spending than Biden did. Okay. The Biden bailout that happened after the Trump bailouts, there was two of them. And I've seen a very common mistake on Facebook where people are quoting one of the Trump bailouts, but not adding the two totals together. The two totals together easily outstrip what Biden put out in COVID relief. Am I defending Biden for putting it out? No. All I'm saying is that as a conservative, you probably should have been horrified that Donald Trump spent as much money as he did as well. And you can't 
tie it to just one of them. Like maybe maybe Biden was the guy that, you know, put the straw on the camel that broke its back. But that straw wouldn't have done. Did. I mean, he knew that it wasn't worth spending any money on other than, you know, the Fauci's office. Right. Well, well, but, but, but listen, Trump, Trump. Trump's the guy that got the vaccine out there, right? He's the guy that had the original vaccine program. He's the guy that had the original trillions of dollars of money into the economy. And I'm not again, I'm not criticizing. Maybe it was the right response to the pandemic. But I but I do criticize I the fact that people go. I don't go, think that was uh, I don't think that was necessarily Trump. I think that was just national security protocol. And that people are following what they thought they should do. And that's well listen, Trump play, signed his signature. Listen, Trump Trump put his signature. But Trump But Trump signed the stuff, okay? He signed the budgets. He signed what Congress passed. He said he was going to oppose the second one, then changed his mind and came out and signed it. Um so all I'm trying to say is that as a conservative, if you're upset with Joe Biden, so I'll give you an example. There's a guy on my Facebook page, Chuck, right? And Chuck's response to the idea that Rick DeSantis is blocking oil drilling in the Gulf Coast is, yeah, but Biden's Biden's blocking oil, too. And I'm like, yeah, we know that. My question for you is, is there any political price for DeSantis for having blocked oil drilling in the Gulf? Um, and I've documented that on my Facebook that he Trump was originally going to allow offshore drilling off of Florida and I think uh, uh, Georgia or somewhere like that. They got together. Uh, DeSantis said, no, I'll make sure Trump doesn't do that. He made sure, got the congressional, the Republicans, and, and, and made sure that there is no offshore drilling in the Gulf near Florida. And that's great, right? Great. God bless him. But we need oil all of a sudden, according to everybody on Facebook. It's Biden's fault for canceling a pipeline for 500,000 barrels a day. But we could have a million barrels a day coming out of the Gulf Coast that was blocked at DeSantis's request. And there's no political price for him. And if that's the case, then don't tell me that Joe Biden did something wrong with the oil. Tell me that a lot of politicians did something wrong with the oil. Because if you, if you keep blaming Joe Biden and you don't blame DeSantis, then you really aren't talking about oil. Okay, That's, that's my theory. I think it's a pretty valid theory. And so when I pointed it out, uh, Chuck keeps responding you know, with, but Joe Biden this and Joe Biden that. But he won't answer was DeSantis bad for doing that? Because there's this new thing going on, which is not conservatism. It's the cult of personality. Anytime says, I'm the guy that can do it, he is not a conservative. Anytime someone says, I'm the one person that can do it, he's not a conservative. Conservatives believe in institutions and ideals, and they believe, I will lead this institution to do this. I will be in charge of this institution when it does it. But the cult of personality, the demagoguery, the the strongman thing surrounding Trump and now surrounding potentially DeSantis creates a situation where a guy simply like Chuck, who I hope is listening, but he probably isn't because he just responds. He doesn't read. He doesn't listen. Right. He just says, oh, oh, but Biden, but Biden, he can't say he literally can't bring himself to say that Rick DeSantis did a bad thing by blocking the drilling. He did. He did. It's simple. Just say it. But he can't say it because as a strongman lover, as a, a cult of personality for Trump and now for uh, uh, Rick DeSantis, heaven forbid, I, I can't say anything bad about the fearless leader. Wait, it's not North Korea. 
Okay. It's not North Korea, but that's what we're getting these days. We're getting like a little North Korea. I think there's a lot of offshore drilling. As a matter of fact, I think they can drill as much oil as they want to drill and haul it away to some other part of the world um, as much as they want. But then the expense is involved in transporting that much, uh-huh. you know, raw crude to place a refinery becomes an issue. Where Florida really has an opportunity because they're centrally located to all the oil uh, would be to have a refinery somewhere in Orlando, probably, you know. And, 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 about the and I say, I say, yeah. Yeah, and, I, and one of the guys who's a, Josh, one of the go ahead and use some technology such as SpaceX, where they you know spin the can move much faster, three D print whatever refinery material that you know mechanisms that they need to bring something up to speed much faster. I mean, if Elon Musk can build a space shuttle in three days or whatever, right? He can you know go to Mars. Then well, there's. The, possibility that maybe in a few months or six months down the road somebody could use the same technology. I don't know if you're going to get a large refinery. I don't know if you're going to get a large scale refinery built quick. And one of the problems is just the sheer physical size. One of the problems going on in our economy right now is we are millions of laborers short from where we need to be. But on the other hand, our employment rate is almost within a couple hundred thousand jobs of right before COVID, and full employment like we have which is very high, 3.9% unemployment rate, um, and all the boomers retiring, uh, we don't have the labor force. and We're missing millions of immigrants who didn't come in under COVID, not, not legal or illegal. I'm just talking about immigrant, legal immigration that didn't come in because of the COVID restrictions that would be here otherwise. We're experiencing the tightest labor market ever. And tight labor markets beget inflation. And so we've got fuel cost inflations for various reasons, including a supply shock and a war and bad stewardship by Joe Biden Um, and no refineries built by Obama, Trump, Biden or anybody going back to 1977, as I harp on again and again. So 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 and now we got DeSantis blocking oil with no political price. I've said if Joe Biden had half a brain and I think he does have half a brain. he would simply announce that he wants to open up drilling off the coast of Florida to put Rick DeSantis in a triangulated spot and see what he says. Because then when DeSantis comes out and opposes it, Biden can say, see, guys, the Republicans really aren't any different than me when it comes to drilling oil. They just want to drill somewhere else besides where they live. Um, and then, you know, we'll see what happens. So, Josh, I'm going to let you go. Thanks for calling, brother. Thank you. Yep. Have a good night. All right. Anybody else want to call in? I got I got time for one more caller. 717-906-5319. 717-906-5319. You know, I started out this show to talk about conservatism. And, of course, we got into Josh and I got into some current topics. Um, that'll date the show later. But remember this. A conservative is not a magic set of ideals. It's a philosophy that we should change slowly. It's a philosophy that individual liberty is always Trump, pun intended, the government, when there's a choice between the two. And there should be the minimal amount of governance necessary to protect the people. Laws are important, but there should be very few laws, and they should be rationally enforced. we should learn as we go and we should change things, but we shouldn't just hoist brand new plans to see what happens. So 
are you a conservative? So here's the question I would ask yourself. Do I believe in change to the point where I want change just because it's change? Then you're not a conservative on that point, right? Um, do I believe in tariffing uh, Chinese goods and, and shooting down open trade deals uh, because I fear that I could lose my job or people will lose their jobs or the economy will get reordered? Well, then you're not really free market, right? And that leans against being a conservative. Um, do you believe that the government should have a religion and that church and state should be combined or that the United States should teach Christian principles? Uh, if you believe that, then you're probably not a conservative, okay? Because a conservative believes that the government should support all its people and all its diverse beliefs. Just read George Washington and the boys back in the day. Boys, no, there's no girls. Um, white guys back in the day. Oh, slave owners back in the day. Um, remember that they said, uh, even with all their prejudices, you know, that they wanted to include Jews and Muslims, right, in the system. Um, and why am I saying that? Why am I saying that? Because they did. And it wasn't meant to be a theocracy. In fact, if you go to the United States Capitol, you'll see the apotheosis of Washington painted in the ceiling there. And that's the idea that Washington is, is rising to godhood. Okay? Washington was becoming a god. That would not jibe with standard fundamental Christian doctrine that a human being can rise to godhood, correct? Uh, I don't know about the Mormons. I don't know enough about every sect out there, but in most Protestant and in Catholic religions, man never really extends to godhood. He just dies and goes to heaven and gets to worship God forever. I mean, am I getting that right? So why would they have put that in the United States Capitol? Well, because our, our, our good people of the United States have not always held the exact same Christian religious values that you or I might or might not hold today. And in fact, we've had many religions, many utopian communities in the United States over the years, many, many different belief structures. And so conservatives don't adhere to a particular, uh, it's almost like being a Mason or a Boy Scout. You know, you've got to acknowledge as a, to be conservative, you sort of have to acknowledge a higher power, even if it's just the order of the universe at some level, maybe, if that's part of your conservatism. And, and once you've acknowledged that, you have to recognize that life and liberty allows other people to pursue their own religious beliefs as well. So if you believe that the government should be putting prayer back in schools, you're not a conservative. You really are. If you believe that the government should be, you know, fill in the blank with religion of whatever stripe, you think Sharia law should be applied in America, you're not a conservative. So that's a little quiz for you. I mean, if you really think that uh, markets should be messed with on a regular basis, if you really think that religion should be part of government life, uh, if you really think that rapid change is important uh, when necessary or moral, uh, those are all not generally conservative values. Now, no one political philosophy, and just like, like uh, he quoted Burke earlier, right? Uh, change is important because it's healthy when things aren't working or you get better at things or you learn new things. So, for instance, liberty, right, 
you're not free to drink the apple juice you want to drink or the milk you want to drink. It's got to be homogenized. It's got to be pasteurized. It's got to be uh, bottled in a certain facility that meets certain standards. That's government regulation. A conservative should be skeptical of that regulation, but once convinced that the public health benefit far outweighs or outweighs uh, the restraint on liberty, then he or she is okay with it. It's sort of like vaccines. If the vaccine is proven effective and the vaccine works and it prevents disease, the, Im the imposition on the person the small risk of vaccination versus the collective benefit may even for a conservative weigh into public health. So um, I say that in all sincerity. So I'm going to have 40 minutes. I'm going to call it a show. Uh, I hope you guys get the point that conservatism is, conservatism is a set of ideals. They're general principles. They're not tied to um, the Christian nationalism that we're seeing. They're not tied to the populism we're seeing. Uh, they're not tied to the Rick DeSantis folk populism, or sorry, say folk um, uh, libertarianism. You know, hey, I am opposed to vaccines and I'm not going to mandate vaccines in my state because I'm a libertarian, says Rick DeSantis. Okay, great. By the way, I'm going to find businesses who require employees to get them or require patrons to be vaccinated. That's not libertarian. A libertarian would say, I'll let the market decide, right? If people want to continue to work there, they continue to work there. If they don't want to work there because they have to be vaccinated, they quit. Um, if a customer wants to go there because they require vaccines and they feel safer there, they get to go there. That's a libertarian ideal. Folk libertarianism that we're getting these days is I'll do what I want that sounds good to me, and then I'll regulate somebody else because it sounds good to me, and I'll call myself a libertarian. Uh, libertarians believe in yield signs, not stop signs. Remember that. All right. Been a great show. Thanks for talking. See you guys soon.